Welcome everybody to a special episode number 19 of the Hustle Sanctuary. Today's guest is Corrine Odini. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for I got the last name right. Yes. I was worried about that. She rhymed it with Houdini and I knew I was going to be okay <laughs> once she did that. So you are a very interesting person. Thank you. So are you. <laughs> Thank you. And we, we met about, we said two weeks ago. Mm-hmm at Soho House and you were doing this game, Mm -hmm. which we're going to get into today. Mm -hmm. And it essentially kind of holds the same themes as what this podcast is about. Wouldn't you agree? Yes. So I think us meeting was very cool. Yes. Serendipity. (laughs) Very, very serendipitous. So Corrine is a photojournalist. Mm -hmm. She's been doing street photography since the age of 14. She was discovered by LA models at the age of 18. Mm -hmm. She's been modeling since the age of 18. She's 21 right now. Mm And um, about within the last year, mm-hmm. she created a game called We're Not Really Strangers, which mm-hmm. is super cool. And it essentially just is designed to get people to take their masks off and connect in a real authentic way. We're going to find out about that and a whole lot more today. Tell the listeners just in a very quick nutshell about the game. So this game is all about creating instant intimacy between you and a complete stranger. And the game is divided into three levels, first base, second base, third base. So, and the bases parallel the way that we engage with people, but it kind of breaks it down for us. So base one challenges the assumptions we make about each other. So we all, when you meet somebody or someone... Let's say I'm on a flight. Like, yeah. you know those short conversations yeah, yeah. that you'll have a flight. Yeah, like, so you're on a flight and you, this person sitting next to you, you look at them, right? And you project a story onto them, mm. right? Mm. And we do this all the time, mm-hmm. right? But how often do we really challenge those assumptions that we make, right? So that's what first... So I'll read a few please, questions. Yeah, please. So first base question would be, what do you think my name is? So you would ask that's an good. answer with yeah. somebody, right? Or what do you think I do for a living? Um, where do you think I'm from? So these, they start very basic. Mm-hmm. And then they get into, and then when you're asked, how are you, how often do you answer truthfully? That's first base. Mm-hmm. What story do you think strangers make up about me? Another mm-hmm. first base question. Mm-hmm. What is the worst assumption someone has made about you? These are great. How many times Did, do you think I've been in love? That's great. Did you come up with most of these yourself? Yeah. All of these are original as far as I know. My you, friends and I. Your friends and I sat down, and we had a bunch of wine, and no. We, no, 100%. <laughs> yeah. That, that is why I have such amazing friends is they, a lot of these questions I could tell you the, the story behind it. You know, like what about me is one of my favorite. What about me is most strange or unfamiliar to you? Is that a first base? This is a first base question. Okay, now let's get into the second base. Okay, so that's all first base. Yeah. Uh, and then if you... Are brave enough to get into second base. These questions are no longer about what do you think of me or how someone perceives you. It's it's about what what is your truth, mm. right? So, if you could have it your way, who would you be with? Where would you be? And what would you be doing? That's one of them. My friend Ari came up. That's that great. Shout out to Ari. Another one I really like is what is something that is hard to admit about yourself? That's great. My friend Naja Crawford came up with that one. Um, so this question was inspired by Malcolm Gladwell, actually. Because I saw Humans of New York, he got interviewed, you know, that blog? Mm-hmm. And, um, like, what's the one message you would want to convey to a mass audience, Malcolm Gladwell? And he said, change your mind about something significant every day. That was mm. the answer. So that inspired this question. Have you changed your mind about anything recently? Mm. Um, what's the best compliment a stranger's ever given you? Mm-hmm. There's also um, wild cards that might pop up in the game. 
So for example, give your stranger a compliment you don't think they hear enough. Awesome. So that kind of thing. Awesome. And then one last question I'll share for a second base that a stranger came up with that I met recently, which is, what's the last thing you lied to your mother about? <laughs> so good. <laughs> which I thought was really cool. Who came up with that one? Um, I forget his name, but it's somebody I played the game with. And at the end, he gave me that question. And also, have you ever said, I love you to somebody and didn't mean it? Same guy came up with that question. Yes. And okay. why? And I thought hmm. that was a beautiful That's question. great. I think that was amazing. That's what's so cool about this game is... Let's go third base though. Yeah. yeah. And third base are reflective. So what has this conversation taught you about yourself? What mm. do you hope for me? Wow. What do you think my strength is? When this game is over, what will you remember about me? Hmm. Or what about me most surprised you? So these are reflective. Yeah. This is so all base reflective. one is, is surfacey. Yeah. Base two is let's get deep. Let's get deep. And then Third base is let's recap. And let's, let's reflect. And I, it kind of, to me, also parallels a quote that I love by Oprah Winfrey that um, over the years of her interviewing people, she realized that what we all really crave is to know that we are seen, heard, and that what we have to say matters. Absolutely. And that's what each base to me, like level one is that you're seen. Mm. What, do you, what do my shoes tell you about me? Yeah. What is my stuff? You know, and you're asking yeah. that. Second base do you hear me? Mm. You know, like it's, you're exchanging vulnerability with one another. And third base is, did what I say matter to you? Can we reflect now? And can you give me insight about myself that I didn't know before and vice versa? Love it. And you can't, and I tried playing this game once with a guy. He was like, can we just go to third base? And I was like, <laughs> okay, let's go to third base. So he started, what career do you think I'd be great at? Who do you think this game is more challenging for? Those kind of questions. Like, oh wait, fuck, I can't just skip the third base. You can't. You have to go through each level. You know, each level is its own journey. Yeah. You know? And I think what he was trying to do there is what this game works against, which is people just brushing quickly yeah. off of each other. Like, oh, cool, hey. You know what I mean? It's surfacing. Yeah. Your right. game seeks to, like, break through that. Break through that. In a, yeah, and it's... It's fun. It's fun. and um, It's fun and it's deep. Yeah. Those two things is a rare combo. Yeah. That is awesome. Yeah. So can you can you take us? We'll jump right in today. Let's start from early on. You uh -huh. you as a kid. Let's get a little bit of the background. Okay, I was uh, born in Israel, and my mom and I moved to America when I was six years old. And yeah, I started taking pictures when I was fourteen. I was put into yearbook by my film teacher, and I immediately fell in love with it because I realized early on that my camera was my passport to people. So I was able mm -hmm. to just go around school. I was a bit of a loner because I didn't really have a clique of friends I'd be with. I would just kind of wander around by myself and photograph different people. And that's when it all started for me. It's weird. You were a loner, but yet you were always connecting. Right. So it's a little bit of a paradox. Yeah, there. a little yeah. bit. But that was my way of connecting was, you know, some people do it by gravitating towards a clique of people that they always are hanging out with. And for me, I've always been intrigued by connecting with Stranger, new people, new people. You want to keep it fresh. It. I like keeping it fresh. <laughs> Having a core group of great friends, of course, but I love meeting strangers. It's always been my thing. What do you why. love most about meeting someone new? Oh, I think a part of it is you know when you get a brand new notebook and it's like a blank canvas and you can just start fresh. Yeah. You know, and you can become you could put whatever you want to that notebook, and I think with a stranger, it's a blank canvas in a way. I love that. You know, and I think there's something to learn from everybody. So I try to connect with as many people as possible and get the lesson from as many people. So even those that hold, like, you know, hold different viewpoints than you Especially, do, yes. you will want to connect with those people. Yes. 
You won't just write them off. No. I mean, sometimes it is uncomfortable and I get nervous. <laughs> yeah. I really do get nervous. But um, Can we talk about that specifically? Like yeah. when was the last time you connected with someone that had a different viewpoint than you and you pushed through that awkwardness to connect with them? I mean, it happens all the time. I mean, it might not be an extreme example, but so with this game, I played this game <clears throat> with a stranger. Now he's a friend. Um, and he and I had a different viewpoint in the sense that he is a bit jaded by people and doesn't always believe the best about people mm. or their intentions. Whereas I'm very optimistic about people. Mm. Um, and we kind of just had that disagreement off the bat and it made me a little uncomfortable, you know, because I like to believe that people are good, but, um, but yeah, it was just interesting to get. What was the end result? Did you guys both walk away with the same viewpoints or do you think you influenced him a little bit? I think we both maybe influenced each other. Yeah. And, um, yeah, he's a new friend now. That's so awesome. We'll see what... There you go. How we so don't write people off, people. Yes. Um, okay, <laughs> let's get back to the timeline. Mm -hmm. So you grew up in Israel, and mm -hmm. you and you got to L.A. when? Uh, six years old. When you were six. Yeah. Okay, very cool. Yeah. So you didn't really, like, was there any culture shock, or was there any... What was that adjustment period like for you? Mm, I was six, so it kind of was a quick adjustment, luckily. But I had to learn English quickly, and... But when you're six years old, it's pretty easy. Yeah, it's yeah. pretty seamless. Yeah. Talk to us about, like, one of your first hustles. Okay. Growing up, my mom, you know, some people have very scholarly parents and they can help them academically. Mm -hmm. And my mom has been a huge influence because early on she told me, Korean, I can't really help you with your homework. So mm -hmm. you're going to have to become really good at asking questions. Because uh, she speaks Hebrew, that's her first language. Mm -hmm. And a lot of the things I was bringing home was not in her, you know, she wasn't familiar with it. So she always told me, like, you need to be the one after class with the teacher, staying late, asking as many questions as possible. And at an early age, that was, that became my thing was I loved asking good questions, you know, and getting interesting answers out of it. And I think that's where it all that's started. That's kind of the origins of the game. I think so. I just realized questions wow. are magical in that way. Wow. Um, that was one of my early hustles was just having to be autodidactic in a sense and really seek knowledge for myself through others, you know, because I couldn't always rely on a parent who could give me the answers. I had to find, you know, seek the knowledge through other people. That reminds me of this book, um, Malcolm Gladwell, you know mm -hmm. him, he wrote called David, David and Goliath. And Goliath. Yeah. yeah. And he talks about a desirable disadvantage. Ooh, that's good. And so it's like most people maybe would want their parents to be able to help them. Right. But you didn't have that, but it kind of shaped you to be who you are. Yeah which is this kick-ass person that's able to connect with all these people, you might not have that if you had a mom that was, like, you know, feeding you all the... Yeah, it's true. Yeah, they talk, he talked about how, like, a number of, like, the top CEOs mm -hmm. are dyslexic. So basically, like, he references basically the most successful trial lawyer uh -huh. in America is dyslexic. Wow. And his desirable disadvantage is instead of just, like, citing just, like, boring black-and-white information, uh -huh. he had to sort of learn how to communicate with people in sort of an engaging way because of his dyslexia. Oh. So he's able to convey certain things to juries and things like that that keep them more hooked in. Interesting. Do you see what engaged, I'm saying? Yeah. Engaged versus the boring black and white. Ah, yes. Desirable disadvantage. Got it. Okay. I like that. So take it back to 14. Mm -hmm. You discover photo yeah. journalism. Yeah. I was put, I was in a film class and my teacher put me into yearbook. And so I got a camera, I was lucky enough to be able to get a Nikon D40, and, and yeah, I just started going around school photographing 
strangers in, in my school. That's awesome. Yeah, that's where it all began. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Cool. So then you're 14. What other what other highlights are there on your on your photo you know journalism run? Well, okay. So we can skip forward to I think I was about 18 or 19 years old, and I was doing a lot of it. I had a really bad breakup, mm-hmm. and that really inspired me though. Like, How long were you with that person? Maybe like a year. Okay. But I was really in love, and mm-hmm. um, he broke my heart. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it's all good. Just, it's a desirable disadvantage, Ooh. though, because it inspired me to take more photos, basically, and seek kind of more connections with strangers. Mm. And um, so I was photographing a bunch of different people, homeless, rich people in Beverly Hills Hotel, to downtown, everywhere. And I was posting it, and my Instagram handle at the time was at chickens and waffles. So every time I posted a photo in an interview with somebody, I would hashtag it waffleography, and that's how I was starting to do that's, it. That's awesome. And and I had a conversation, though, with a friend of mine, Jared, this photographer, and he was like, Kareen, I really like what you're doing. It's cool, but maybe you should come up with a better name, you know, because you're photographing. Like, it's kind of, you know what I mean? People like, wouldn't know, right? Yeah, yeah, people yeah. yeah. Would, like, Chickens and waffles. You're doing this deep, like, project. Yeah. And it's chickens and, and it's waffles. Chickens and waffles. Yeah. And the truth is, though, I didn't know what to call it. I was just doing it because it was what I do. It was yeah. what I did. And then I had another really uh, important friend, Casey, who told me, you also should have... He, he asked me one day over the phone, he was like, Kareem, why are you doing this? Like, what's your why? What's you weren't your- aware of that. I had no idea. I wasn't even thinking about why I was doing it. I just, this is crazy. I just enjoyed it. And he, he- Another book I'm reading right now. This start is so crazy. Is yeah, that? start with why. Simon Sinek, <laughs> yeah. Which yeah, is, yeah. yeah, people don't buy what you do, they buy why, why you, do you do it. it. Yeah, 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 100%. So those two people in my life made me aware of kind of the gaps I needed to fill. Mm-hmm. And so in the back of my head, I was like, okay, I need a name. And I need a why. I need a purpose or a call to action. Mm-hmm. Now, those were my intentions. But I didn't know how to go about doing it. And one of the questions in the game is, has a stranger ever changed your life? Mm. And for me, a stranger, I mean, strangers always change my life. But one in particular was uh, I was in downtown walking to my car. And I saw this man sitting on a bench reading poetry. I didn't know. He was reading something. It turned out to be poetry. I went up to him. He told me his passion is Jesus and Israel. Because I always ask people, what's your name, age, and passion? He didn't know where I was from. That's just how happened to be what he was passionate about. And then at the end of the conversation, I took his photo. We did the interview. I was, I was like, thank you. Bye. Have a good day. I'm walking away. And he's like, by the way, as I'm walking, it's like, I really like what you're doing. You're going to write a book one day, and it's going to be called We're Not Really Strangers. That's so awesome. And that's what? where the name came from. Wow. It was from a complete stranger in downtown. This was about a year and a half ago. And I was this man homeless? No, I don't. No, think he was just homeless. a random. He was just a random man. I saw his picture in an interview. What intrigued you about this particular person before you went off? It always is a feeling thing. It's like I was walking past him and he was by himself, so I was like, okay, he might be receptive. Mm-hmm. He and he seemed intriguing, like the line. On what his specifically? Paper. I don't know. The, he. It's hard to really explain, and it was a bit of it was a while. Ago. Is it an intuition thing yeah, with you? Hundred percent. Okay. It's all intuition with street mm-hmm. photography. Like people ask me, how do you like? Is it safe? And the truth is, I do believe it's safe. You ha- you just have to read people. Like if you look mm-hmm. into somebody's eyes and you don't feel a connection, or there isn't a smile, or they're very cold, mm-hmm. I would never approach someone like that and mm-hmm. ask for a photo. But if I look mm-hmm. in someone's eyes and they seem receptive and kind, and mm-hmm. it feels right, then I'll go up to them. You know, so. Has there ever been a time where someone wasn't receptive, where yeah. your sort of radar was off? Yes. 
Okay, can once. you tell us about that time? Once. Once it was really off and I had to walk away crying. I'm not kidding. Oh, no. I literally walked away crying. I never once thought We're this We're not supposed happen. to get to this moment until like a, like three quarters of the <laughs> way. <Okay>. Hold on. <laughs> I forgot about this, but I was doing, um, I was shooting in Slauson and um, there was these, a group of men sitting outside together and I parked, like sometimes I would drive and just park if I saw an interesting group of people. So I went out and I was like, hi guys, like, can I take your picture? And the guy was like, why? What are you doing this for? Do you go to school? And I was just honest. Sometimes I, I was like, I should have lied. I should have said I went to USC or something. But I was like, no, I don't go to school. I'm just doing this for fun. And he stood up and he was like, why do you think you can come with me with no credentials and this and that? And, and I was just shocked. And the other guy, it was crazy. And the other guy had to like calm him down. And so I ended up just walking away. But crying, and I went into my oh. car, and that to me is very uncommon because I've, I. How many I, people have you gone up to? Hundreds, probably. Yeah. Like that's so uncommon, and to be honest, I don't even take it personally at all. But I remember going into my car. I walked to my car, and I had to take a deep breath, and I was like, "Don't let this stop you." Mm. You know mm. what I mean? Like, don't. And I, I wanted to go immediately, go up to somebody else, just to like get over that fear, to, to right? Get over yeah, that fear. yeah, yeah, yeah. That is always a fear when you're doing something like street photography or you know anything wow. involving people you don't know. There's always going to be a risk of rejection, but that's okay. Hmm. But yeah, that was that was a tough one. But for the most part, people have been amazing. Let's flip it for a second. Yeah. Tell us about your best experience of going up to somebody like one of the the most standout so many many. is it too hard so hard because like the the stranger that gave me the name we're not really strangers that to me is magical like that yeah one of a a new question that someone came up with for the game my friend daniel is um what's the most unexplainable thing that's ever happened to you Mm. i really like that question Mm. to me that stranger connection was unexplainable. It's you know, one you, of my questions later for you. I what? feel like we don't even need to cover it now. What? But but it says, tell us about chance encounters or serendipitous meetings That's with people during the during the transition periods of your life. Mm, great question. That was definitely one of them. But all of them though. And the thing is, it's like each one connects to the other. Nothing is disconnected. I believe that, you know? So let's touch on that. So even if a person is going through a tough transition in their lives, uh, you feel like it's kind of for a reason? Like sort of, do you feel like there's sort of like this overlying fate that sort of orchestrates things, do you feel? For me, I would say yes, in my life, yes, there has been. I don't know, I feel like a lot of the things that have hurt me the most made me open and curious about ways to get out of that, you know, and because I like to create, Sounds yeah. like they've been great blessings for yeah, you. Yeah, absolutely. Like my first real heartbreak was, was when I was sixteen, mm. and that was the first time I've ever I was ever in love. And I remember when we broke up, I was like, "Man, do I will you will I ever get over my first love?" Mm. So my way of figuring that out was I went out with my camera, set up a tripod on Ventura Boulevard with mm. my friend at the time, and we started asking strangers, "Do you ever get over your first love?" Mm. And that's how I've always dealt with things. Is I kind of ask people about their experience. <laughs> you so want I'm that. Curious. You want that mirror. In I want somebody. that mirror, and yeah. it's fun to just. You know, it's really. It feels good to know you're not alone. 
You know, like that's the best feeling. Bring it in. That's yeah. what we're talking about yeah, here. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It yeah. feels good to know you're not. It's so easy to think like, oh man, like we're the only one mm-hmm. going through something. Mm-hmm. And I just feel like that's because most people aren't vulnerable. They don't put out yeah. they don't put out what they're going through. So yeah. we can feel alone. Yes, and also they're not invited to oftentimes. You know, like they don't have this game that you've created or this podcast or that there's no yeah. channel for them to really go there. You're saying, yeah. right? Sometimes we need a social okay. For me, that mm. was my camera. That was mm-hmm. my social okay to approach strangers. Right. But not everybody has that. Right. And I think that's what I hope this game can do for people who aren't photographers and want to connect. With what do you think that's about? The people not wanting to really deepen and, and, and be vulnerable with people. I mean, it's just not the norm right now to do that with people that we aren't close with. Like Yeah, what's funny to me is like you could be having like the worst day of your life uh, or a person could mm-hmm. and then some random stranger's like, hey, how's how's, how's it going? going? Of course that person would be like, oh it's fine. Of course there's a question <laughs> you know, there's a question in the game that asks when you're asked how are you, how often do you answer truthfully? Great question. Yeah, so that's one of the questions in there because it's I never answer truthfully because And you that, created this game. Because, <laughs> think about it yeah. in this game yeah. I would go there but if somebody's if I'm in an elevator and someone's like oh how are you I don't want I'm not gonna it's weird but how not. but how refreshing would it be if you asked that to somebody so and somebody's like you know what I'm having like the hardest day yeah. my breakup blah 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 whatever I just lost my job like be like then, damn like that's next level <laughs> that's so next level yeah that's next level that's like superhero shit totally I agree <laughs> And that's why, like, questions, I believe, are an art form, right? Because how are you? That's one question that we're all used to. But just add a comma on a really. How are you really? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, you can totally get a completely different answer. <laughs> that's great. You know? So, so I try to be very selective with the questions I ask. Mm. You know? Because if you ask great questions, the, res- the answers are probably going to be a bit better. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Tell us about what's been a career high for you at this point. Modeling-wise? Yeah, a career or life high. I mean, for modeling, it's funny. Modeling is an interesting thing. Like, recently, I've, I have, like, a, my photos in Times Square right now. For That's a awesome. campaign I did. And Congrats. Thank you. And But for me, that I wouldn't. it's cool. Like, I'm, I'm grateful for that. But modeling is a little bit, it's not a passion of mine. Mm. You know, but it's something I'm very grateful for. And I think it's a great platform. As far as career high for what I am passionate about, which is for not really strangers... It's really the beginning for me. So it's hard to, like, there's nothing huge that has happened yet, but I think the highs have come from every connection I've been making. Mm. Like, every single one has been a high. Mm. You know, every time I play the game with somebody and or I see other people playing the game and creating an interesting connection with someone they otherwise wouldn't have gotten to know, that gets me really excited. But if you had to say one thing, you can't say one thing. Maybe it's like the the launch party that we met yeah, at. I no, mean, that was kind what? of a that career was, high. I that guess. was the first time I introduced the game to more than five people mm. at a time. You know what I mean? So that was pretty surreal, actually. Yeah, that, that was a high, for sure. Okay. Yeah. We'll go with that. Yeah. What's been your uh, biggest career low? Was it was it oh. that group? My career low, I would say, for a long time, I didn't know what this project would really be we're not really strangers because it started as me photographing and interviewing strangers and then I was like okay well how do I empower other people to make meaningful connections that was my intention and then I spent five months 
building it up to be a platform where people could submit their photos and interviews with strangers. Mm -hmm. And we had like a how-to guide. Like step one is the art of capture, seeing the person photographing. Step two is the art of question, and we gave an interview guide. And step three was the art of connection. Mm -hmm. That's where you submit your photo. And so, so I put a lot of money and time and you know energy into creating that for We're Not Really Strangers. And then this game kind of naturally came about and I had to real, and then I realized like, wow, the, all that work that I put into making it what it is now, I no longer want it to be that. <laughs> I have to now make it something else completely. And I was just looking at the website as it was and I'm like, wow, this all has to change. Like I have to evolve this idea because it's not going to always stay one thing, mm. you know? And I called my friend up, Nausea, and I was like, I was like I don't know like I feel like I'm starting from zero again you know because wow. everything I built for this project is kind of it's obsolete in a way because now I feel like I have something that I'd rather do with it and um, that was a, a career low that I can say it's just having to start over what, how long did you stay in the space of like being frustrated or disappointed Maybe a few days I okay. mean I was frustrated did you let yourself have that yeah I, when I yeah. called my friend mm -hmm. I, I really let myself have. I was like I feel like starting over I'm feeling so stressed I put all this money into this and that and then she and then I realized I called myself and she she called me out as well she's like Kareen think about what you're saying all you're saying is you created something that you love but now you have a better idea for what you love and now you just have to evolve and that's, that's going to keep happening yes so I have to be and then I had to just remind myself like I need to be open to evolving the product for this project because it's always going to evolve. So I just have to have that mentality. You could hit this point in a year from now. Right. right? Absolutely. Yeah. Like this same I think you want to hit this point Absolutely. again. <laughs> so then that was the thing. I realized this isn't a low. It felt like a low just because it it's hard. It's hard to start again because you have to put a lot of effort. But luckily I'm obsessed and in love with this project. So it was it's been fun. Awesome. Yeah. So tell us your favorite thing about modeling. And then we'll go to like your least favorite thing about modeling. Okay. My favorite thing, I'm so grateful for modeling. It has allowed me to be financially independent since I started 18 years old. And it has allowed me to invest and save and put my money towards this project. That's mm. a huge blessing. Mm. Um, and I also like, ooh, ooh, ooh. You know what? My favorite thing about modeling has been what I've learned about beauty and the perception of beauty. That I really find interesting. Go more into that. So I always used to believe that in order to be more confident, I had to be more physically beautiful. Mm -hmm. So that was always my thought. And I thought the most beautiful girls had the most confidence in their life were better. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and that was my thought. And I think it sounds... No, meaning, actually, meaning it really wasn't about anything going on inside, just the external, you know, right? Like if, yeah. if, if their face has that golden ratio proportions and their bodies, this waist to butt ratio, whatever, and they have big boobs and perfect skin, whatever, that they're they're confident and happy, you know? And I think a lot of girls have but that. But as a, as a girl that created this game, I feel like you would be cognizant of what's going on inside them. So, but that was that was how I thought for a long time. <laughs> okay, right? right. This is when I started, started modeling. This is at age 18. 18. Right. Yeah. And then I had this realization where I started, because I photograph and interview people all the time, and I realized that the most confident people I knew weren't necessarily the most physically beautiful, mm. you know? And just being around models and then being around just... Well, because I feel like there's like an insecurity thing with a lot of those girls. So this is right? what I Are you learned. going there? Okay. Yeah, yeah. So this is what I learned. 
thank, thank you for coming. <laughs> but what I learned was when you're really physically beautiful, mm-hmm. right? Externally beautiful. Yeah. You get a lot of your validation externally, right? Mm-hmm. So people are telling you you're beautiful all the time. Mm-hmm. So that's where it's coming from. Mm-hmm. Whereas when you don't have that as much, mm-hmm. you have to get it from inside. You know what I mean? So, and that's a, a more dependable source of confidence because there'll be days where you're not the most beautiful girl yeah. in the room. Because you don't really have to work for it. You don't have to hit the gym for like 24 hours. Right. Like, you have to work for it as much. It's right. there. Yeah, right. I see what you're saying. Right, but it, it's more than that. It's just that you're getting it from people are always telling you you're beautiful. So that's the validation. It's right. from outside. Whereas right. when somebody doesn't get that all the time, or they're not a model, let's say, and they're not being told on a daily basis, you know, that they're beautiful and they have to get that from within, that's actually the true untouchable kind of confidence. Love that. No one can take that away from you. Yeah. So being around just girls who are stunningly beautiful and realizing that they're not the most confident people as I mm. would have guessed them to be, that that that's something I've really appreciated. It's just kind of understanding that psychology of mm. beauty. I'm still learning about it's it. It's a great insight. You know. So who validates the internal? So if, if somebody feels confident, let's say they're not um, they don't have the physical thing so much, but they are confident inside. Who validates that? Just right. they themselves? I think it's just everyone will need to do this because even if you're the most beautiful person in the world. If, if you feel like beauty, shit inside, it's not going to work. Yeah, yeah, yeah beauty yeah. fades, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. So um, I think that, that it just comes from affirmation and just knowing it about yourself and not – I'm still working on that. <laughs> <laughs> So how does a person arrive at the point of feeling internally like they're good? That is my journey. I'm still figuring that out, to be honest. But I think, okay, so one of a question I like is when do you feel, when's the moment you felt most beautiful? Mm -hmm. For me, those moments have been when I do street photography because I don't think about what I look like, Mm. you know? So my hair is pulled back. I'm in a hoodie, no makeup, but I'm doing what I love and my value isn't coming from what I look like. My value is coming from how curious I'm about somebody else and how good I can make them feel and about the photograph that I take. You know, that, that's my value card in that moment. Whereas as a model, my value comes from how good do I look in this What moment. do other people think, What do basically? other people yeah. think, right? And that's, again, the external thing. But even with the photography that you're doing, it's still going out to other people and you want them to feel something from your work so it's interesting that that's true that's true but still it's and that's fine because then that pushes and motivates me to make a better photograph but But it's coming from a different place i think it's coming from a place filled with more substance i think totally and i I care i just don't want to have to think about what i look like I mean, I do. I think it's good to well, modeling. Be yeah, yeah, for sure. But like modeling is very—it's—it's it's more on the surface level, I guess, right? And art is a little deeper, I guess. Maybe, maybe. maybe. I think it just so happens for some people, modeling can be their art from a deeper place. From a deeper place, and you know, can you describe that for us? Modeling. Yeah, from modeling a from a deeper place. place. Yeah, where it's not just okay, cool, like she looks good. I like, think that comes from surrendering yourself to the bigger picture mm. because. I photograph models as well, right? So my favorite kind of model lets go, you know, and just kind of wants to contribute her part to the photograph, Mm. the vision. So if that means she looks a little bit ugly or it's not her best angle or it's not the most flattering expression, she'll go there to make the most interesting photograph. And I think that's where the art form comes, you know? That, That makes an interesting model, right? But... That makes sense. Yeah. Where that's more about the art form. Yeah. 
yeah, yeah. And also, like, as a model, I think the job is just to sell confidence. You know, like, you'll be put in anything. My job as a model is to make it look but its best. And if you're wearing it. something and you, like, exude this confidence and mm-hmm. beauty, mm-hmm. then it's going to make gonna want to make the person seeing that to go buy that right and maybe they'll exude they want to exude some form of that confidence am i right yeah i think so tell us the first three things that come to mind when you hear the word love um risk i asked a prostitute once how she defined being in love and she said risky wow (laughs) and i thought that was a great answer wow yeah it's powerful really powerful i'll never forget her um so risky amazing and it's a bit of an enigma for me as well that's nice yeah we'll take that yeah in your opinion what blocks a lot of people from reaching their goals in life this reminds me of another stranger i photographed <laughs> the crenshaw cowboy and that's a he, great name by yeah the way. that's he's literally the crenshaw cowboy <laughs> he's like right in front of the freeway and he's created this robotic rodeo out of scraps i'm not kidding and he wears a, a hat, a cowboy hat, and he dances around the street. He's the Crenshaw Cowboy. <laughs> and and I asked him, like, something along the lines of your question. And he was like, the greatest enemy that we all have can be ourselves. Hmm. You know, like, we get in our own way, which is a cliche. A lot of people say that. And he's like, well, what if you put a bear behind you or a lion behind you? You're going to – that'll push you. You hmm. know what I mean? So getting something to, to push you or motivate you, like, like the what does that bear look like literally? Yeah, yeah, so the bear literally for me is anytime I give myself a deadline. That helps a lot. Mm. You know, so for this project, the, the launch event that I met you at, that helped me a lot. Because that meant I had to get these boxes done by August 23rd. They had to be done. The questions mm. had to be done. The presentation had to be done. The invites had to be yeah. You know, like everything had to be done. So it's a mixture of um, not getting in your own way, which can be harder to do but also i think giving yourself deadlines Mm. to work to motivate you to be that line behind you or that bear behind you that's good do you think some people struggle with like a feeling of being worthy of of success and other things yes of course (laughs) where does that come from i don't know it's such an interesting thing because when you hear somebody else say it like i don't feel worthy of love or i don't feel worthy of success it's like why yes you are just put the work in it Yes, you are. You know, but it's a very intricate, weird thought process mm. that, that kind of gets in the way. What are your thoughts on it? You're not supposed to flip questions oh, okay, around like that. I no, I'm just know. kidding. You can. Yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. No, okay. no, no. No, I think it's like this. I'll just give an example. Mm-hmm. Um, say somebody doesn't have the best relationship with money and making a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Um, it could be because they grew up, their parents grew up very poor. Mm-hmm. And so maybe there's a feeling, there's an inner feeling of like guilt. Like I can't have, like my parents didn't have this. So I can't have all this money and success because they didn't have it, you know? yes. I mean, it could be some really deep-seated stuff, right? That we're not even aware of. You know what I mean? Very true. That's a good point. Yeah. Or like you saw your parents have a really toxic or unhealthy relationship. And so you feel like, well, I can't have that because they had that. And you're just sort of, there's these subconscious tapes that sort of run us. We don't even realize that. It's shocking. I look at it because I've, I've done a lot of inner work on myself. So I look at it like it's almost like a car. Like you have a car mm-hmm. that's driving into the wall. Mm-hmm. It's just like keeps crashing into this wall. Uh-huh. And you don't even realize you're crashing your car into the wall, right? 
Then the second phase is you like wake up and you like see your car crashing into the wall. Like, oh shit, like I'm doing that and I'm tripping I'm myself up. Self-aware. Yeah, there's yeah. A, there's a, there, it clicks in like you start to notice this habit or pattern that was once, it was once subconscious. Okay, now you're consciously aware of it. Like, oh man, you know what I mean? And then the third level is where you're able to like turn the wheel of your car and go around the wall. We do that. We, we self-sabotage. A lot of people do it in relationships. I think it's very easy to see it in relationships, right? Yeah. You're like, I created this fight. You know what I mean? I created this fight. You right. don't even realize. But if we're being really real, like you probably had a hand in it. But you didn't realize that. And then you realize, oh, shit, like I am doing that. Oh, okay. But you still do it. And then eventually one day you're able to sort of hit the brakes. And it's a lot of work, man. Do you feel personally worthy of the love you desire? It's a great question. I'm getting there. It's been a process. What does that question mean to you? <laughs> what does that question mean to you? Yeah, like how do you interpret that question? Do you feel worthy, worthy of, of the, the love, love you desire? Yeah. I'm just curious. It has to do with roots. First thing that comes to mind is roots. Mm -hmm. Like, what was your upbringing like? Mm -hmm. Did you receive unconditional love as a kid? And if you didn't receive unconditional love, then that's going to be something that you're just going to have to be aware of yeah. throughout your life. You have to drive around yeah. the wall. Yeah, until, you know, it's like you can create, like I've, I took psych courses and stuff, so we create neuropathways, mm -hmm. right, that are just sort of, it's our default way. It's like the 405 in our heads, right? <laughs> but we can create new roads mm -hmm. by doing something multiple times, by turning a different way multiple times, and then we sort of retrain our brain, if right. that makes sense. You know what I mean? And, and that takes work to sort of carve out those new roads. Totally. Yeah. And especially, for example, people who grew up without a father or a mother. Yeah. You, know, like you, might have got, you, you may have gotten unconditional love from your mom, but not from your father. So then that creates, you know. Some that shows up in your adult life, yeah. man. Yeah. It's so interesting to think about. Yeah. That. And people on the other side of that, they don't see that. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? They, they personalize it. And so that's why relationships are so tricky, right? I guess can, they can be, they can unless be. you have self-aware people, right, in right. a relationship. And then I think the odds go up a little bit because if you have two people that aren't self-aware, I feel like that's going to be challenging. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Totally. While we're on relationships, yeah. and I think it ties into the podcast too. <laughs> what do you think about people running at the first sign of trouble? Do you feel like that's something that happens more these days? I don't know. I think we have to strike a balance, I suppose, because there was a time where divorce was so vilified that you felt stuck in a relationship. Right. And now we're like on the opposite side of that spectrum where we, if we're dissatisfied for a brief moment, we'll just go on to Tinder or Raya or whatever and right. find a new date. Right. You know, and so I don't know. I don't have the answer to that, but maybe we need to we need a balance. strike a balance between not settling but also uh, putting in the effort to build on something that's worthy we agree okay if you had all the time and resources in the world what would you spend the majority of your time focusing your efforts on today i would keep developing the project and the game and just everything i'm doing i would you would be more doing resources and you know you would just ramp it up i would just ramp it up yeah like right now um we're doing a docu-series for the game where we go to public places like a bus stop for example and we take unlikely strangers and pair them up to play the game so that kind of stuff like I was just, i'm already doing it because it's all about being resourceful 
You know, yeah. you may not have all the resources, but I reached out to people and it's funny, a group of strangers came together and that's who I'm creating this with now. It's awesome. So, so, but yeah, I would really just want to work on the message of the project, the essence of it, which is that we're not really strangers. That at the core of what really matters, we're all the same. And that's just a topic I'm really curious about. And I would try to expand that. Tell me one of your favorite questions in your deck of questions. Ask that to me and I'll try and answer that. Oh, I like that. Hmm. There's so many good ones. One of my favorites, are you lying to yourself about anything? That's a great question. I'll answer it first and then you answer it. Yes, I am lying to myself that my past story and upbringing is the reason why I'm stuck in certain places. Hmm. So you're using that as an It's ex- bullshit. Ex- and a bullshit excuse? Yeah, it's totally lies. I think that I could let go of that today and break through what I'm upset about. Got it. So, I just want real. Your yeah, turn. <laughs> yeah. I think the things that I'm truly lying to myself about, like maybe I'll need years of therapy to really crack into, you know, because I remember playing this with, with somebody at a game and that question came up and I had my answer that I thought was true. Which was? My answer was I have to lie to myself a lot of times in modeling, actually, because you have to sell confidence. and. So you could, you could be having a shitty day and you have to sell confidence. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. And um, days I don't feel beautiful, I, I still have to show up, you know, and, and exude that. So I was like, yeah, I have to lie to myself about that. And he looked at me and he was like, come on, bullshit. Like he called me like, like a bull- like He wanted you to go deeper. He wanted me yeah. to go deeper. And I remember feeling like I really just got deep with somebody and he called me on my bullshit. And I was like, oh, fuck, maybe, maybe there's some, I mean, and then I thought about it and thinking about it. And I'm sure there's a lot of deeper things that I'm lying to myself about. Let's try it right now. What do I think? Um, this is the hustle sanctuary, yo. Yeah. Bring it. I want to share this. Mm. That my little sister doesn't need me as much as she really does. That's the lie you tell yourself. Yes. Or the lie is that I know how much she needs me, but I try not to think about it. You know, because mm. I don't live with my mom and little sister right okay. now. Okay. And um, I live, you know, kind of far away, and but I know she needs me and I try to be there for as much as I can but I think sometimes I underestimate how much you, you don't prioritize me. her basically <sighs> as much as you'd like to as much as yeah. I should yeah and that is something that's really hard for me to admit and that's something I'm working on mm. every day so yeah that's that that's the lie thank you for the realness yeah tell us about the balance between going for more and being ambitious and still being grateful for what you already have. I always think that's a tricky dance. Right. Like even with the event, the minute I was so stressing out, like, will this event be good? Blah, 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 all the things. And and then it went really well. And then I was like, Hey, on to the next thing. You know what I mean? It's like, I didn't really take it in like, Oh, you know, like I'm so grateful for how I went. I was just like, Hey, what's the next thing? You know? And that's, that's just how it is and I think it's just really important to make time in the day to devote to gratitude mm. you know that's what a lot of people I admire they talk do you have a gratitude that. journal I do I don't use it every day and it's like a stranger that I met sent me one and mm. it's, it's amazing people strangers are awesome strangers are awesome <laughs> um but yeah somebody sent me it's called the five minute journal and you write down, and what he said about it that I like, he's like, you can give this book to a billionaire or a homeless man and they'd appreciate it and get just as much value from it. And I thought that was really interesting. 
Um, but yeah, it, it makes you state the five things you're grateful for, what your intention is for the day, your goals for the day, and what could have made your day better mm. and every day. And I don't, and I feel like I should, I'm going to, this is going to remind me to get back to that. But I think it's just natural that once we hit a goal, we're not just going to lay in that and become complacent. We always... I think we're programmed to evolve. Yeah, to evolve and and want more. Yeah. You know, that's how... But that's a tricky thing. Yeah. Because you lose touch with what you have to be grateful for. Yes. That's all I'm saying. So, yeah, Yeah. I agree. So, that's why I think it's important to make ourselves be grateful. Dedicate 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 the time. time, Right. To practice gratitude. Gratitude is almost like a, a wearing a shield of armor or something. Do you know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. if, you, if you're striving, you don't get what you want, or say something doesn't go right, it sort of like inculcates you a little bit. Totally. And at the end of the day, if you're not happy, what's the point? And no matter what level you're at, like every level has a different devil. You know, that thing every that level saying. has a different devil? Something like that. Never heard that, that, but love it. Yeah, like every <laughs> level will have its, its ups and downs. Yeah. And I just always love and want to be around people who just exude joy and positivity yeah for you know? sure like even when things aren't perfect or going great having that core sense of gratitude like that's what it's all about it is because we all go through things yeah we all go through things and there's always going to be like the next level yeah so if you're grateful at every level then you're, you're enjoying it at least you know? absolutely like, have fun with it yeah and then of course like you could look around it's so strange to me that like you'll see somebody who on the surface Seemingly has everything, but they're miserable. Have you been there? No, I haven't had like, everything have on the been... surface yet. I'm still striving. I, well, <laughs> yes. I mean, to some but people, though, like, you know... Maybe I've done just... some cool shit in my life, yeah, and I'm grateful absolutely. for what I've done. Yeah. But I'm talking about, like, the the wife, the house, mm-hmm. the entrepreneurial sort of like, en- so endeavor that's really taken off. Like, these things. There's people out there with these things that are somehow find a way to be miserable. Those are things that I'm striving to create. Are you with me? Like right. I'm on the path to yeah, yeah. creating those. And but I'm maybe like, that's because that's not where true joy comes from. You know what I mean? Like once we attain all those things, is that where the joy comes from? I don't think so. Just because the reason, I think, yes, that gives us joy. Stability, family, these yes. are things that bring joy, right? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but I think you can have all those things and still find yourself depressed. You know, so many people do. Yeah, so they're so we're like dissecting that right now. Right, so there's a correlation between you know stability and happiness, but I don't think those things cause happiness. You know what I mean? That's there with you before those things arrive. I think so. Yeah, I mean, that's what this is what I've been hearing. <laughs> right, know? right. And this was even in my own life. Like even though I haven't achieved everything I want to at this moment, yeah, I've still been at a point where, in others, in someone else's eyes. Because everything's relative. Success is relative, right? Mm-hmm. I could be very successful, but I, I was very unhappy or even depressed. So what does that say? Like, I remember the day I cashed my biggest check not too long ago mm-hmm. for modeling, and I was really depressed. That was a bad day for you. <laughs> it was really bad. I was happy. Like, after yeah. that, I was like, oh, look at that. And I was, like, happy and proud of that. But I still found myself depressed for different reasons. Hmm. You know, so now in that lesson, it's Oprah says, you know, fame only magnifies what I've heard the same thing. Yeah. So especially money in particular, too. Like, so if you're an asshole before money arrives, you're going to be an even bigger asshole. And if you're like a giving Uh person, it's just going to give you more resources to be more giving. Mm -hmm. So it'll magnify it. Totally. I'd like to believe that. 
I, I but I've also heard that money changes people. Right. That, <laughs> I don't know. I think maybe there's a little bit of both, right? Because people will always change, right? So again, it's like, does money cause a change or I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. But I think I like to look at my life where I'm at and realize and, and kind of take example from it, you know? So for example, cashing a big check, still feeling, feeling depressed. That tells me that even if I'm cashing a much bigger check, I can mm. still feel that, you mm. know? So there's parallels. It's different levels, but again, it's, it's, it's the same Different level, principle. different devil. Yeah, it's the same principle. So that's what I'm working on now is really... I had something I want to share is the day before my event, I had a conversation with one of my best friends who basically sat me down and told me, Kareen, I love you. We've been friends since we were kids, but right now it's kind of hard to be your friend because you're very selfish. Mm. <laughs> and I was like, what do you mean? And she was like, she basically was telling me because this project has been so consuming, consuming. And this is all I talk about. It's all I think about, especially at that, that past few months. And, and I kind of took that in and I was like, wow, I don't want to be this person. I don't want to be a selfish person. I want to be like a loving, giving person. And that to me is like the spirit behind the game that you've created. It's a way to connect and be there for one another. Totally. And the irony is so like it's totally in the ironic. of creating it, I became a selfish person to the people I love most, mm. you know, and, um, and that again, so that was something I want, I learned from. So, because what I've also learned is what has given me the most joy all the time is having people you love around you, you know, family and friends. Like that really is what matters most to me you know so i don't ever want to lose touch of that mm. even when a project is all consuming i still want to be conscious of the kind of friend i am you know yeah so, so. have you shifted since that friend had this conversation yeah, with you I think so she was there at the event i mean the thing is i have such amazing friends who will hold me accountable that's a good you thing you know what i mean and like sit me down and be real with me mm -hmm. and now I'm more conscious of it. Like, let's not only talk about we're not really strangers. How was your day? You know, like, what's going on in your life? Tell me about, because she's a model, tell me about Fashion Week. And But it was important for somebody to call me out. And she could have easily not called it. She could have easily brushed it off. And our friendship would have, you know. It's like a rift. Period. It'll yeah. start, yeah, yeah, you yeah. Know, but yeah. She, but now, yeah. now I'm aware of it. And, and that's something I'm working on. That's great. Yeah. Good for you. Thank you. Yeah, we need friends like that around us because we have blind spots. We don't totally. always see totally. everything in the mirror. Yeah. If you had to say in one word what guides you and motivates you to keep pushing. The first word that's popping up is necessity. And what I mean by that, it's like, I feel like with this project in particular, it's in this, like I have to keep doing the next right move because it's like I can't help it. I'm doing what I'm so passionate about that I, I can't help but keep moving forward you know what i mean and even if it's rough and like i can't not every all the answers are coming to me at once because i'm so in love with it and i'm really grateful that i found this thing it's just i have to it's necessity mm. you know it's such a passion yeah you just you're basically on autopilot right yeah it's I kind, kind of, of like something beyond my own willpower just like I kind of that's that it's, it's almost like there's like a, a, a mysterious force that uh -huh. can drive us at times I've yeah. experienced it with this podcast with other artists I've worked with like you're just you just have to go it's like a flow yeah it's like be, it's like being in flow I yeah. think yeah yeah and Maybe that's the word flow <laughs> flow I like that word flow that's it what's your word my word's flow really yeah because uh -huh. I 100% relate 
to that feeling. Mm-hmm. And right now you're like conjuring that within me. Like it's not every project or thing do we get to feel that, but it's such a privilege to feel that. So many people don't. Oh, right. They don't or they're seeking. Or I remember in between, you know, had a long music career and like in a transition, I'm like started doing this and there was like maybe six months or something where I was like, what's next? And I kind of was without that flow mm, feeling. Right, right. It makes you so grateful when you when you find it again. It's almost like finding love. Totally. <laughs> what helped you find the flow again? What was that moment? It just came to me. It just This just hit me one day. Was there... This podcast literally just came one day. I was... No, I was was finishing a yoga class. Really? Yeah. So I was just in like another world of Zen. And uh, I was like, have you ever like worked out where you're just on another planet? Like you just feel like you're in a different space or I don't know if you meditate. There's there's times or things we could do that just sort of we're in a different space and things come to us. Yeah. I'm sure you know people. I feel like meditating is like becoming more popularized. So... Headspace, yeah. Have you done that? No, you should try that. It's kind of people keep talking, yeah. I mean, I what's amazing about meditation is I things will just talk about flow, you'll find more flow when you meditate, things just sort of come to you instead of you having to work. So, in the months that you've been doing this podcast, what's the most surprising thing you've learned about other people in the two months? That's good. I got to really bring my A game with you. The most surprising thing, well. Something that created a paradigm shift within me was when a guest shared this powerful quote. And he said, people aren't giving you a hard time. People are having a hard time. (laughs) So good, right? Yeah. And that was... Thank you for sharing that. Absolutely. That's so important for us to remember. So it's like, I was going to share that with you earlier in the podcast when you talked about the guy that like went off on you. That's what it reminded me of. That dude... Likely had the hardest day he's ever had when he saw you. And then you just happened to show up. Yeah. And yeah. Okay, so what advice would you give your 18-year-old version of yourself? Hmm. Whatever difficulty that you're going through right now, just remember that you're going to be grateful for it later. Really, really good. (laughs) (laughs) I love a good answer. That's so good. You'll be grateful for it, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I could... I would tell her that too. I would tell my my younger self that too. You said it to me. It's like us versus us. It's us versus ourselves. Right. You said that. So some of us have a greater battle than others. It's a process. It is. It's like we all we all we all have the same car, but we have to. Do we have racing fuel in the gas tank or sugar? How do we tap into those positive components? Yes. Like how do we tap into the best version of ourselves? Exactly. Yeah. And I think that comes with having great friends that will call out your blind spots, like yeah. what you said, yeah. and we just grow and evolve and, and, and move beyond whatever's holding us back so that we can really get into the innate gifts that we all, totally. have. all have. You know what I mean? Totally. Like One thing I think that should be encouraged in schools is finding what you're really passionate about, what you love, or what you're curious about. And having that as a core, I think, makes life better. You know, it's something that's within. No one can touch that. Yeah. It's, it's an untouchable thing. Yeah, yeah, and it's a mysterious thing. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's like what you said about necessity. Mm-hmm. That was so interesting to mm-hmm. me. Like you're just 
called to do this game. Yeah. I, you like have to do it. I have to do it. That's like how I feel about this podcast. Mm-hmm. And we should be so grateful, grateful that we have that. Tie it in. Because it deepens. Absolutely. <laughs> that's on. That's going on the list tonight. I'm starting. I'm restarting it tonight. Me too. Can we have a commitment where you're going to start yours tonight? Yes, I will. Okay. So fun having you on today. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, it's awesome. Now, for people that are listening who want to find out more about you, will you shout out your website for the game and your socials and stuff? Yeah. The website is notreallystrangers.com. Instagram is at notreallystrangers. And my personal Instagram is at Dini. K-O-R-E-E-N-O-D-I-N-E-Y. If you want to connect with me personally. Awesome. All right. Thank you, everybody. We'll see you. Thank you. Thank you, Kareen. Thank you. <laughs> and we'll see you next episode.